This week we discuss various ways a debt can potentially be erased other than by the standard method of repaying it. In this share we discuss two of these methods, forgiveness for the debt by the creditor, mechila, and statutes of limitations. Regarding mechila, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, mechila ain't Sarah Kenyan, a simple verbal declaration of mechila is sufficient to erase the debt, a Kenyan is not required. Ketos HaChoshin, however, brings the Sma. The Sma says, that's only true, a verbal declaration is sufficient only but the loan nakachtara, when the creditor is not holding a loan document documenting his loan. Avon nakachtara, when he is holding a star, lo mahani mechila below Kenyan, a verbal mechila without a Kenyan, is not sufficient. The Mordechai, on the other hand, brings a raya, that mechila works, even in a milva bishtar, even when he's nakachtara, even below Kenyan, that mechila does work. What's his raya? The Gemara has a din, machl, a creditor who holds a loan document, and he sells the loan, sells the document to a purchaser. The creditor, for some reason, we'll discuss why soon, the, the original creditor, the original Malva, who's the seller of the loan, still has the ability to be mochel that loan. And apparently he can be mochel it even verbally. So the Mordechai says, why? There is a loan document regarding this loan. The purchaser's holding it. So still we see that the original creditor, the original Malva, can be mochel verbally. So just like the original Malva can be mochel, even though there is a Shtarchov being held in this case by the purchaser, so too can a Malva himself who's holding the Shtarchov be mochel verbally. What's the difference, in other words, if there is a Shtarchov in existence, what's the difference whether it's being held by the person trying to be mochel or whether it was sold to somebody else? If, you, if we say that the existence of a Shtarchov prevents a verbal mochila without a kinning from working, why should it matter who holds the Shtarchov? Whether it's the mochel who holds the Shtarchov or whether it's the purchaser who holds the Shtarchov. If, if we say that when the purchaser holds the Shtarchov, nevertheless, the original Malva can be Mochel Lechov, so even if the Malva still holds the Shtarchov, he should be able to be Mochel Lechov. Who cares who holds the Shtarchov? If we see that a, the originator of a loan, the original Malva can be Mochel, even though the loan document is still in existence in the hands of the purchaser, it should follow that he can be Mochel Lechov, even if he himself still holds the loan document, because it shouldn't matter. Says the Ksosa no, actually it does matter. This shita that says you can't be mochel a, you can't make a verbal mechila on a, on a chov that has a shtar chov, that's only if you yourself hold the shtar chov. But if you sold the shtar chov, even though the shtar chov still exists, you can still be mochel alone verbally. What's the difference? So the Ksos explains this by reference to the shita of Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam addresses the fundamental Issue here, how can somebody be mochel achov after he sold it to somebody else? Forget mechila, verbal mechila, any kind of mechila, with a Kenyan. How can you ever be mochel achov that you've already sold? If you sold it, you don't own it. So how can you be mochel What is the simple plot of this Gemara that it's possible to be mochel achov after you've sold it? So Rabbeinu Tam has a famous idea to explain this din. Rabbeinu Tam says every chov has two parts. A shibur guf, that the lover, the borrower, owes the money, he personally owes the money. And a shibur nechassim, that is nechassim or meshubur to the malva to pay the debt, and that Shibur Nechassim backs up the Shibur Aguf. The, the primary chov is the Shibur Aguf, and the Shibur Nechassim is, is a way of collecting on that Shibur Aguf that the Nechassim are also Meshubah. Rabbeinu Tam explains that when a person sells a chov, sells a Shkar chov, he can only sell the Shibur Nechassim that he has, the Malva who holds both Shibudim against the Lover, the Shibur Aguf and the Shibur Nechassim, he can only sell the Shibur Nechassim. The Shibur Aguf is non-transferable, so the Shibur Aguf he retains, the Shibur Nechassim he sold. So the fact that he sold the Shibur Nechassim allows, in the normal course of events, for the purchaser of the debt to collect the debt, because he holds the Shibur Nechassim. 
but the original Malva still retains the Shibra Guf, which is non-transferable. Since he retains the Shibra Guf, he can be mo- he can still be Mochel because the Shibra Guf is still his. He can be Mochel it, and once he's Mochel the Shibra Guf, the male of the Shibra Nechasim will also evaporate because the Shibra Nechasim is an Arev, is a, is a guarantee to the Shibra Guf. That Terebain Tam explains the basic din that the loan originator can be Mochel the Chov even after he sold it. So now the Ksos explains as follows. What is Pshat in this Shita that a verbal Mechila doesn't work when it's Nakach Tara, when there's a loan document? So the Ksos explains, based on the Rishonim, that when it's Nakach Tara, when there's a loan document, we say the Chov is Kigavoy, even though the Chov is not actually collected yet, it's viewed in Halacha as though it's collected, even though we pass in Machlokis B'Sham and Basil, and we pass in like, we pass in that Shtar, that Shtar Omei Ligvos, is not Kugavi dummy. We don't pass him like Beishamai. Nevertheless, the Rishonim explain that for certain purposes, we, we, we do say the Shtar is Kugavi dummy. The Rishonim struggle to articulate for what purposes it is, for what purposes it isn't. But the point is, ultimately, the reason for this Shita that the Sma brings, that a person can't be Mochel Achov, which is Nakit Shtara, is because to some extent the Chov is considered Kugavi dummy. Says the Ksos, that's only true when the Mochel holds the Shtar Chov, he holds the entire Chov, and when the Mochel of the, he holds the Shtar Chov himself. Then, since he's holding the Shtar Chov, the Chov is considered Gavui to him. Mainly, he can't be Mochel with the verbal Mechila below Kenyan. But in a case where he stole the Shtar Chov, so he can still be Mochel because he retained the Shibur Aguf. But he doesn't retain the Shibur Nechassim. The Shibur Nechassim he sold. The purchaser holds the Shibur Nechassim. The purchaser, therefore, is the one who's going to actually collect the debt. So we don't view the debt as Kagavui in the hands of the loan originator because he sold the Shibur Nechassim. He stole the Shtar Chov. In such a case, the Chov is not Kagavi Dami, is not Kagavi Dami to the loan originator, and that's why he's able to be Mochel with a verbal Mechila. That's how the Ksos explains the Shita, that, you, that the only time the Shtar Chov stops the, a verbal Mechila from working is when it's held by the loan originator himself. But in Achanami, in the case of the Mordechai, in the case of the Gemara, where he sold the Shtar Chov and someone else holds the Shtar Chov, then a, a mere verbal Mechila without a Kenyan by the loan originator will still work. So that's an ingenious way of explaining this sheet uh, of the poskim. Nevertheless, the Ksos concludes that rogue poskim say that Mahani Bechila Bashtar, that even if there is a Shtar Chov, even if it's Nakat Shtara by the loan originator himself, by the Mochel, still a, a verbal Mechila Blokeni will still work. Then the Ksos discusses the question of Mechila Belev. We've been discussing a verbal Mechila. What about a mental Mechila, an internal Mechila that was never verbally articulated? So the Ksos brings from the Mascaris HaShulchan, B'Shem the Marshal. Now obviously, if the person doesn't admit that he was ever Mochel Belev, we're never going to know. We can't read his mind. But if the person does admit, he admits to Beistin that he was Mochel Belev, now he's changing his mind, he wants to renege on his Mechila, he wants to collect the Chov anyway. So, says the Marshal, it doesn't matter. Once he was Mochel Belev, we say Mechila Belev, Havi Mechila, and even if it's not Kishtara, not only does a verbal Mechila work, even a mental, internal Mechila works. So that is the sheet uh, of the Marshal. He brings a raya from a case of uh, Adin of the Gemara. The Gemara says that an Almana who isn't Tavas or Ksuva for 25 years, there's a, an assumption of, a, of an implicit Mechila, that she was Mecheles by not being Tavas for 25 years. She didn't verbalize it. There was never a verbal Mechila. It must be that a Mechila believe a mental Mechila, is sufficient. Says the Ksos, that simply cannot be. Machshava, internal statements, internal declarations never work. Even Hefker and Hektish and Neder, you always need a deeper Mamish, except for one case of Hektish Mizbech, he says, because it says Kalantiv Lev, but that's the exception that proves the rule. In general, 
mental, internal declarations do not work. If you don't verbalize them, even if we accept them, even if you admit them, they have no halacha. Vixos brings various proofs to this and so on. Then he says he found the Marit. He says the Marit talks about a Chakira, a Chakira in the old sense, not a Lamdush Chakira, just a Chakira trying to understand the Din. Many figures imply that Dvarim Shibalev work. Many figures imply Dvarim Shibalev don't work. Dvarim Shibalev lovey Dvarim. The Marit gives a famous rule that when it, when his Machshava is transparent, when it's Yedua Lachal Ha'olam Ashabalibo, when it's clear what he's thinking, he hasn't verbalized it, but everyone knows what he's thinking, that's when Machila Belev works. When it's not transparent, when nobody knows what you're thinking, then even if you admit, this is what I thought, I, was, I thought to be Malchal Lachov, that does not work. The Ksos says, this is Amiti, this is a correct distinction. Umdana Belebo, Belev Kaladam, then even though it's Belev, it works. But if it's something that you particularly think, but it's not transparent, people don't know what you're thinking, then we say that Mechila Belev does not work. And that's why the Marshal's Raya from the din of an Almana who isn't Tavash or Ketubah for 25 years, that's why that's not a Raya, because in such a case, that's Yadua. Everyone knows if a woman goes for 25 years without, without collecting her, without asking for her Ketubah, without demanding her Ketubah, it's clear that she's Machelas. Everyone knows that he says. But a case where it's just your personal Dvarim Shebelev, then we say Dvarim Shebelev, Lovi Dvarim. If it's any Yadua Machshavta Lushem Adam, then we say then we say it doesn't work. Mechila Mechila a belave dvarim shabelave law vidvarim. The Ktos says zebar. This is indeed the opinion of many achronim. The Ktos and the Nesivas and other achronim. Many achronim do say that mechila belave law vidvarim. But the Marshal, at least in at least in at least in one place, the Marshal does say that mechila belave does work. Now we mentioned the din that an almana who goes for twenty five years and doesn't ask for a ksuva, that constitutes a tacit mechila. In a certain sense, that sounds like a statute of limitations, but it's actually different. That's because there's an implicit svar of mechila, but in general, halacha has no notion of a statute of limitations. And as we said, almana is the exception that proves the rule. That's the one case in which we assume there's an implicit mechila. Other debts, there is no implicit mechila. A person can make no mention of a debt for 50 years, and then come back and say, 50 years ago I lent you money, 50 years ago you broke my window, I was never mochel, not believed, not verbally, and you owe me the money. And the halacha is, there is no such thing as a statute of limitations. There is the din of Shemitah's Ksafim, that the Shemitah Yeri raises debts, that has limited applicability, that, that Bismanazeh, the, the Minigan Ashkenaz is, that doesn't apply, and you can write a principle for that. But in general, halacha, other than Shemitah, halacha has no intrinsic notion of a statute of limitations. Modern legal systems often do. Modern secular legal systems often have a notion of a statute of limitations. It varies by what kind of debt, what kind of obligation we're talking about. But the law often will not let you, will not let you collect a debt after a certain time has elapsed without you making any effort to collect it. So the Pesachoshin discusses, would such a statute of limitations be valid in halacha? We have different principles of dinah malchusadina, that sometimes the law, secular law, is recognized as binding by halacha under the rule of dinah malchusadina. Sometimes we have the concept of minhag. If there's a well-established minhag, a commercial custom, even if it originates in non-Jewish society, sometimes that's binding among Jews, the major, major topic of discussion in halacha. So the Pesachoshin raises the question, would a secular government statute of limitations be binding between Jews under such principles of minhag or dinah malchusadina? So the Pesachoshin says, many medinas have what he calls a chok kisyashnut, a statute of limitations, once the chov is too old, it can't be collected. He says, and you haven't asked for it, it can't be collected. 
says the Pesachoshen, Mestaver, Shemidin Torah, Einer Nifter Mikachachok, that it's Mestaver to him, that Halacha does not recognize such laws as binding between Jews, and he refers to his discussion about Pshitas Eregel, about bankruptcy. That's a discussion we'll get to later in the week about his position and the position of many other poskim on bankruptcy, whether Halacha recognizes bankruptcy under under principles such as Minigordin Lachusadina, but there as well, the Pesachoshin is skeptical that Halacha would accept bankruptcy for reasons that we'll discuss when we discuss, when we discuss bankruptcy. But here also, the Pesachoshin says, it's Mustaver that the Torah does not recognize statutes of limitations under principles of Minigordin Lachusa. He brings, he brings other posts who discuss the Lachusa, but, but his, his, uh, he, he inclines to the view that a secular statute of limitations that governs debts would not be binding in halacha between Jews, despite principles such as Minig Mavatl Halacha and Dinid Malchus Adina.